0: Maker of heaven and earth, of all things, visible and invisible. And in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten of his Father, one substance with him. All things more. Salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man. And was also for us under Pontius Pilate, he suffered and was buried and the third day. He rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. He will come up and judge both. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and Giver of Life, which proceeds from the Father and the Son, and the Father and the Son together is good. the Word. Spirit. Spirit. Epiphany. Babylon A. Again, okay, it's a Catholic Castor on Demonium that is through it the But it's curious, curious, that's the cleanest And I believe in one holy, Christian, Catholic, and Apostolic Church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I acknowledge the resurrection of death and life. Amen. Done on earth as it we'll today, is in heaven. We'll give us this day our day bread. And forgive us our trespasses. As it, but we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil divine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. You shall remember the Sabbath of the day by keeping it clean. You shall honor your father and your mother. You may go well. But you may live a long time. You shall not more in your strength. Against your neighbor, you shall not covet any of make haste to God to deliver me, make like haste to help me, it is die, it is me. Of the see, as it is now and will be forever. Oh, Amen. Hey Internet, my name is Jonathan Connor, and I'm here to rescue you. He has risen. You are paid for welcome to the Mad Christian Saturday morning chill. Good morning everybody. So, cool. I just saw what happened there. This is the frustrating thing about a home built studio running through a bunch of hacks. So, what I saw going out on my sound levels through Ecam is not what you're getting through YouTube. The challenge is this now. So what I did was I paid for that music, and I got one YouTube shot with it, and I just used it. Ah, that's fun, huh? So, well, welcome to me being vahi lahem la mashal. Un shakar. And if you know Hebrew, you know what I said. So you can figure that part out at least. Um, you can only try. That's all I got for you on that one. That was going to be cool, and it will be cool when I figure it out. I will have to go and do some work to buy the rights to use that music one more time. Please don't steal it from me um, if you figured out what I was doing. Maybe by next week... I've got to figure out, I think, how to just pre-record this thing and pop it in here as a video rather than try to be like live. But that was a great practice run. So uh, thank you for those of you who endured the loud music at the start of the thing. And well, like I said, what are we doing here? What are we really doing here? We're trying to keep ourselves alive in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what we're really doing here. And so what I wanted to do this morning was confess the creed to you. That's what I did, if you couldn't hear most of it. I can do it again right now, sans music, right? That means without, I think, sans music. And I think I may just do that. But what I really want to do is provide for you, like, the oomph and punch and don't be thrown off by what happened this th- this week. In the knowledge that the image of the Father, Jesus Christ, is here reigning over all of this madness all along. Nothing has changed from what was before. And even though the white noise, trying to get information from me to you in real time, is like dog near impossible in this age, especially on your own, without a team of like you know monkeys working for you. Well, so what do you do? You come and you do what you've always done. And so here, let's just do it again without the music. Check this out, internet. I believe in God the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth. And of all things, visible and invisible. And in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of His Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, And he will come again with glory to judge the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, and who spoke slash speaks by the prophets. Episine Epison Babylone Megaleha again to catacater on daimonion. A And I believe in one holy Christian, Catholic, and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. And so I invite you, wherever you are, whoever you are, as weird as it is, consider this, pray with me, our Father, who art in heaven. And hear his answer I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt out of the house of slavery you shall have no other gods before me you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God and you shall remember the Sabbath of the day by keeping it holy you shall honor your father and your mother that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land you shall not murder you shall not commit adultery you shall not steal you shall not bear false testimony against your neighbor because you shall not want for anything that belongs to your neighbor Oh, Lord, open my lips. My mouth will declare your praise. Make haste to God to deliver me. Make haste to help me. O oh, Lord, glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. If that ain't what worth living for, then I don't know what is. That's what I got to you for this morning, kids. And I'll be right back. Cartoons notwithstanding, this is the Mad Christian Saturday Morning Chill. <laughs> morning welcome to the Saturday morning chill I'm I'm Jonathan Connor hey I hope so I hope that I can help you today in one particular way and it is this that if you are a man you got to be able to fail a lot and you got to be able to own it that it's your job to go do that now more than ever that it is your task to take back the sovereignty of your own life that you you can't expect anybody to come and fix it for you. And if you aren't willing to step out and try and then get up again, you're just going to continue letting them feed you the influence they've been feeding us all for quite a while, unto your spiritual not well being, which I think is pretty obvious to anybody who looks around. You know, nobody's really in the midst of like a spiritual well being in the United States of America. Uh, but failing forward, you know, uh, that's the image of, well, Adam. Is it the image of our Lord Jesus Christ in the cross? I mean, think about it for half a second there. Sure don't look like a victory. Mm. Letting the Lord do as he will with your days, even if they don't feel like victories, is pretty imperative Job material. We've been talking about the wisdom literature of Scripture, and Job in particular, on and off for a while now. I'm not convinced that I'm, I'm in a Job world right now, although we could be soon enough it's easy enough for civilizations to collapse that's the big eye-opening moment for me and all of this is to realize if there's a myth i've believed that's that's just like wrong right is that a giant world civilization can't collapse in a matter of days now i don't think that happened i just now think it can happen right and it should you should be able to know this if you know about assyria you know who assyria is you don't you don't know where it's on a map okay then don't tell me i'm wrong yet Right. Like like go learn about not Syria. No, 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 no Obama stuff. This is a Syria way back. They're not around anymore. Why? They like ran everything, the world, practically Western style. You know what happened to them? Well, in a, in a matter of years, really, um, a matter of days, the kingdom collapsed. Uh, it just fell apart. And what happens to global systems when that, when that occurs? That's the stuff I've been praying about. I've been praying that that not happen. I don't want it to happen. I'm praying it will not happen. I, I don't pray against zombie apocalypses yet. I don't. I don't really think they're physically possible, scientifically or whatever. Spiritually, it's already going on. Duh, hello. You're watching? Who's, I mean, the, I'm going to use some cable, and Netflix is different. I, I mean, yeah, okay, so there's that, and I, I, I'm praying against that, but in terms of like actual zombies like breaking into my house to eat my neck and stuff, I don't, I don't pray that that won't happen, but I am praying that global starvation does not happen. And I invite you to join me because it's possible. Don't forget, don't, don't be like, well, not today, and today's right. No, 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 no. When God made the world, f- and we broke it, and then he punished it, and I didn't want to give him credit for the fall, you know, when God had said, this is what it's going to be after you guys did this, okay, the, the result of that is things don't go well here, on and on and on and on the same way. We don't break his death. We don't make a pact with death outside of him. I've known for a long while now that the medical industry in America is a religious fervor. I think most pastors are aware of that. I mean, look at the money we put into it. Our sports are the same way. It's amazing. Which one wins, huh? Which God is greater, medicinal or nfl <laughs> you know, what, what How do they live in this new age and, and deal with the assertion of the power of the narrative of medicine? Along with the power of a few other narratives. There's a lot of them floating around the white noise right now. But again, to believe that somehow you're safe, period, like this is this is the lie. Whatever it is, spin it however you want. I mean, the Lutherans talked about justification. It's about being safe. Before who? Now, at least back when the Roman Catholics and the Lutherans were arguing about justification by grace through faith, they were talking about who we're safe or how we're safe in God's sight. What's amazing right now is most Christians aren't even like concerned about that, they're just so concerned about being safe now. As if they're not in God's sight now. Already. Under trial and ordeal and on the sojourn which calls for endurance and fortitude in which many have gone out as deceivers and wolves among the sheep. It's almost like we haven't even heard those things said for decades. Years. This year, right? Interesting, isn't it? All I want to convince you of today—well, there's a bunch of it. It's been a big week, don't you think? I mean, I expected a lot of things this week, but um, a barbarian face was <laughs> on the Capitol Hill was was not one of them. That was not that was not there. And yet, symbolically, if I didn't throw it all off with the artistry this morning. That moment, if you didn't see it, you don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, so there was a big deal this week when the Senate was going to, like, affirm electoral college votes and stuff. And there was maybe going to be political things that happened. But there were a different kind of political thing that happened in a a, a riot, they call it, I mean, a, a protest. At, I don't They're ball the same these days, right? So let's not work with the gaslight terminology. A bunch of people showed up and we're inside the building, the Capitol. It's, not, it's happened before, like in the last couple of years. BLM did stuff in places like courthouses and stuff. So it's, it's not new. But here it is, like on this day, uh, when we're going to figure out who the president of the U.S. is. And everyone's acting like it's World War whatever. They're all freaked out inside. So if it's an inside job, it's only some people inside job. And it's all sorts of fun about who's the inside job. I mean, whatever. You can chase that rabbit forever, Q. Forever. I don't even mean, Whatever. You know, um, but you end up with, I don't think this guy's actually a mook. Honestly, the more I look at him, this is like a guy who knows exactly what's going on. And if he ends up in jail, then he maybe knew that was a possibility, but he, he wanted the glory. I mean, he's not accidentally being a barbarian and standing there. That's a signal. And it's not a signal to some sort of patriot inside CIA movement That's a signal to the animal and every man in the world. (laughs) That's what that was. That told every man in the world that their territory is now not safe from that guy. Okay? Like, who's that guy? Oh, my goodness. Right? And and so if we're not going to step up and be like, well, I'm going to mark my corner and my corner and my corner, however we men do it. Right? If we don't do that, then we are ruled by that guy. And so what you're going to have, I hope, is that you woke up to this. And you're ready. Like, you're right. You're right, Pastor Fisk. I got to stand up. I got to be a man now. That's right. Okay, so let me break it down for you. There's a there's a weird thing that happened. I'm going to give you some big language, but it's like it's a big psychological thing. So think about it after I say it. Right? What happened was sometime before this year, we or our fathers—I'm going to say our fathers—and then TV had a lot to do with it. That's my theory. But we or our fathers gave up male sovereignty in the family. We got to take it back or our civilization is going to collapse. You can hear my kids right now. Hey, kids! Can you guys be quiet? <laughs> I don't want to be caught yelling on them on TV. Mm, we're a good sitcom family here in the Fisk household. Yes, we are. <laughs> uh, put the whips and chains away, children. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm not kidding. I mean, it's been a discussion here. What does it mean that I'm going to say, let's, let's see here. We're going to sit at the table, we're going to talk about our country, looking like it's kind of not working, and we're going to, what, argue about it? Or are we going to let the Father talk about it and ask questions and see if we can figure it out together? But the Father is obviously the one we're supposed to follow. Why? Because God made him to take bullets and things. Not like Ashley. Right? I didn't want to go there today. Our fathers gave up male sovereignty. we got to take it back, guys. It does not mean with a fist. <laughs> Jeez, idiots. If if you think that, then that, that's the barbarian. This was scary. So that guy standing there with his thing in the air, he symbolizes, ladies be ready for this, he symbolizes men not listening anymore. That's what he symbolizes, okay? That's what he is to you. So we're in a world of barbarians now. You can absorb that as a symbol. It's a type, right? We're not. They're not actually in the streets yet, but every mind just shifted a little bit in this way in America. We realize that we have to defend ourselves. We're in a world of barbarians now, and there will be bad barbarians. You know why? Because no one believes in God. <laughs> no one believes in the Ten Commandments. There's going to be all sorts of bad barbarians around. They're going to be subtle. They're already here. It's just now they've been enlivened. know. Uh, archetyp-tually, archetyptually for the civilization. Who's our father now? It wasn't Trump. He was powerless. No, it was that dude. It's not Biden. It's that dude. That's our father. That's who everyone's going to like archetypally as a civilization, culturally. I mean, it's a big claim, I suppose. It's just media. But this is what we see. And you will reflect what you see. And so until someone replaces that guy, that's the image of man for our civilization. And how do you think that's going to work out down in the impoverished communities? Right, They don't have to actually see him. They just have to see other people that will echo him, will mimic him. You know how that works, right? With shootings and things? Yeah, the little the copycats and all that, right? Okay, well, here it goes. I mean, it's going to be subtle. It's going to be a long game. But men, what this means more than anything else is expect evil men. Expect evil men. I mean, if you, you weren't before, like, this was a big wake-up to read your Bible again and be like, it talks about evil men. Oh, they're out there. Hmm, what are they called? We'll, we'll get to that later with one of your guys' questions. But uh, <laughs> you need to expect it. And it means you need to be a good man. Which means recognizing you're not a woman. And then you shouldn't always act like one. And that your culture has trained you to. And that's on you now that I said it. It wasn't on you till I said it. Now it's on you that I said it. Now, the the tube you've been drinking from, oh, tell me what to think I am. It's pretty and I like picking up sores with my fingers. Like that, okay, the whole shebang has archetype upside down to the world. And now you know it. (laughs) Uh, So welcome to the team. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean anything changes. Other than that, you are going to take ownership for your life. Before God, knowing that Jesus Christ has paid for it and you're a slave, so what you worry about? This isn't about making mom happy. He's not going to be angry with you at the end of this thing. That's why he baptized you. He baptized you so that he would not have to be angry with you anymore, and he could be angry at Jesus instead. And you could know this. It's not just like the, the water just did it. He did it all on the cross and the atonement, but you want to make sure you didn't miss the point, which a lot of you have, by the way. Turning baptism into something you do, making your kids prove it before you let them become Christians is ridiculous. Anyway, it's, it's there. <laughs> I got, see, barbarian. Here we go. Uh, it's there. Uh, uh, Christ is there in the baptism to claim you, so you might know you're his. You're his. I wash you in my name, so you might know I I have done it. And you're like, I don't know, I don't know, I'm not so sure, it's just water and his words and stuff. It's, it can't be much. All right, well, what do you do in the upper room? <sighs> Breathe in with that Holy Spirit. What do you think's going on with this Christian church thing? You think it's a bunch of clubhouses? Is that really what this is? Is it a bunch of schools? Is a bunch of parties for young kids? This is an archaic religion. With a God who is the God of wood and stone. Whom the pagans fear when they finally think about who he might be. When they can't name him. They fear him. That's your God. I'm going to say it again. Wood and stone. Make sure you get it. Because it's right there all the way down to the cross and the hearth and the table and the house and then the tomb at the end of your your life. That's your God who manages this chaos with his divine wind that again, even the pagans fear. Now, you are baptized into his army of resurrected, resurrected, living, ever-living people. Not by some physical power other than Christ's physical power of passive reception of the wrath of God on your behalf. But that makes you one who is then capable of knowing whatever bad you are like, how did it, and we could be, and what's going to happen that you were born and then baptized for right now to be like, not like everybody else. Stop running around. Who's your God? Are you worried? Get on your face and beg him for help. Your God will and does. I think he's been moving all this stuff for all our good. It doesn't feel like it because we all like soft couches. <laughs> uh, but the Bible isn't like keen on, well, you better have a soft couch and be a Christian. I mean, it's, it's not really in the cards there, right? And I don't think soft couches are going away. But our need for them, that's what's got to go away, right? Our, our worldly carnal <laughs> hunger. I don't know what else to call it, right? I mean, it's you sinners, you like your stuff too much. You better stop it now. You're not going to just turn around and stop it, but you can acknowledge it. The the level of dissatisfaction you have with things that are sufficient for life while you wait for Jesus to bring about a kingdom of everlasting blessedness and innocence. You you know, you're complaining about a few years in the in the wilderness here, yeah? So I want to say this too this morning. There's, I'm gonna kind of shift. I want to make sure everyone understands that what really happened. Then, as I talk about, you know, our barbarian friend, what does this really kind of prove? Aside from that, you know, <laughs> we're not very organized. <laughs> um, it, it proves that whoever is up there running stuff, whatever that means in your world, okay, whoever's up there running things, the the elite, it proves that they can't help you. That's what it proves. All right. They can't help themselves. They're not going to be able to help you. And you should know then that they can't hear you. When you complain to your friends about how it doesn't make sense what they say. When you, when you talk back to the TV about how it's wrong, nobody hears you. Nobody up there hears you. They're, they're in a different city. Go play. PlayStation, uh, PlayStation, uh, go play Final Fantasy VI, okay? It's it's a whole other world. And knowing that's fine. Like, okay, fine. But why do we think they did? And, and and why do we think they would want to help us? I ponder often uh, Paul's words to the Corinthians. Not many of you were wise. Not many of you were strong. Uh, not many of you, by worldly standards, right? The idea here is that Christians don't usually walk in those halls. If they do, they're Daniel you know, kind of thing. And, and I mean, there are Christians there. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not going to judge any of them. God can judge them all. Whatever they want to say, they can say. My point is, like, in terms of human practice, human reality, the idea of representative democracy on the scale we're talking about is, is nonsense. It's nonsense. So whoever's up there you know, doesn't know who you are, doesn't care about who you are, and and can't help you anyway. But the thing is, there are people who are above you, who can know who you are, or even do know who you are, who can and want to help you. And this is where it's been a thing that, that Koontz and I have been pushing on Brief History of Power and other places, the Discord, Medicare christian Discord, uh, is that you know your local reality, extended from your yard to your neighbor, to your city's politics, town's politics, homeowners association, I don't care what it is, that's what matters for your life. You don't have to be told to wear masks in your house. I, I don't even know about that one. That one seems so nonsensical. I can't believe it's really potentially something they would try. But then again, this year's been weird. So <laughs> this year, what year? I'm so done with that. I'm supposed to be done with that. It's 2025 now. Get over that. this year, that year, last year, what year? What's happened is, again, I'm not even sure where I picked this up, but it summarizes it real nice. Power is eclipsing time in the way that we... Think and it has something to do with the fall of our civilization and whether there are echoes of it in history. It doesn't really matter. What the Bible talks about is not how you can go and divine secret paths to telling a couple of years from now what may or may not happen on a threefold potential or blah blah. Like like that's that's not what it's there for. It's there to say hello. We saw this thing happen, and here's what he said. Ain't no joke. Hallelujah. People gonna burn. Even so, oh, amen. I mean, that's the message. Oh my gosh! And we're like, we're like, well, why don't people like it? We should make it more fun. I think, I think, I think maybe if we like, if we did something different for the kids, then then we would have a chance. That way of thinking is done. I hope it's done for you. I really do. Like, it's not, it's not an argument worth having. Oh goodness, I got, I got to move over to questions from you all because that's indeed one of the questions as well about worship style. Oh, that'll be a fun one this morning. So uh, let's just be there as we come oh, 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 oh as we oh, there it is as we come in to this spot uh let's go ahead and say thank you for the uh the super chat there does it rose i don't oh it's hiding <laughs> let's go back this way uh i thought i could be smooth but it didn't work out does it rose thank you for the super chat she says thank you to me i really appreciate that uh, another super chat here from uh great and small Uh, Thank you for doing what you do. Prayers to please. My man is at church this morning gathering together SOS for the first time. That's fantastic. The Sons of Solomon. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about the Sons of Solomon. Sons of Solomon is an idea. Really? Uh, it's in the Bible, and it's a lot of the Bible kind of condensed in a different way than it's been done before. But it's the idea that if we were to pray Jesus' prayers, the Psalms, with some intentionality, and and believing they belong to us as the body of Christ, whom he has purchased with his own blood and tied to his own flesh, all this great stuff. And if we were to believe that together, it would be valuable to us. And to the world, actually. It, it would be like Abraham blessing the world kind of thing, right? Because through us, the good things that would be given to us as we ask for them from God, because he always gives good things to those who ask him. Mean, Jesus says this. Do you believe it? That's the problem. No, you don't. So maybe he says this. So, you know, he always gives things, good things to those who ask, so we should ask and then wait and expect. I mean, you know, Psalm 125 is pretty important, and Psalm 127 is pretty important. Like the whole thing. Anyway, so yes, thanks be to God that your, your, your husband, uh, <laughs> your husband is gathering other men, who would want to join together in praying just a few psalms every single day, having a Bible and a crucifix wherever you go, so that you are absolutely ready uh, to pray, honestly, uh, to, to be an intercessor of the Word of God. I And you find the more you, you pray these things, you get them memorized, the more you have memorized, the more you start to say them to people just as commentary. And it's, it's kind of neat to have a pocket full of godly commentary to throw people and whatnot. So, yeah, uh, thank you for that um, all the way. Let's see, I did see one other one up here. It's a Cringewalker. Is it going to be a long question? It says, I shouldn't be laughing that God confirmed his promise to topple towers. A Babylon is still in effect. Um, well, yeah, it's not done yet either, right? Uh, but by God, I'm happy to see my faith in that. 4,000-year-old promise firmly confirmed in this age, right? So, yeah, and this is, uh, Cringewalker, this is a place where you've always been an encouragement to me, actually. Uh, I don't know that we we have a full alignment in what we're talking about. Like, we, we don't have all the same nuts and bolts on the paper, but what you're trying to say there um which is that you can know that the evil one won't win when you're watching all this and you can kind of expect then the worst case scenario not to happen to some extent right now worst case scenario is not like nuclear war worst case scenario is like christians cease existing not because they're killed (laughs) uh, but because they don't wake up Uh, so uh, that's uh yeah, see the difference there? And, and you can know that ain't going to happen. You know that the arc of the Christian church, whatever it looks like, whatever tribal form it takes, uh, is going to continue moving through history fearless of these monsters. Yeah, fearless of these monsters. All right, so let's get rid of that one. We had it earlier. And uh, I'm going to have to be over here for a moment to check this out. mm this one's going to be coming from Daniel. Daniel says this, I'm hoping you can give a biblical perspective on bad words, swear words, or curse words, whatever description works best. I understand that taking the name of the Lord in vain is clearly wrong, and I was as was taught in the Ten Commandments, where my confusion comes from are words that don't have anything to do with the Lord's name, to my knowledge, yet would not be used in professional work. What's that mean? Twitter's like, ban the president? What is professional work? What is that? I don't even know what that is. I want to. I used to. It's like a term from a game I don't play anymore. I'm not all the way out and neither is anybody, but you don't have to think like that. Uh, so anyway, uh, you, you don't mean to be rude and I'm not trying to be rude back, but the point I think is helpful. Uh, my confusion comes from, yeah, professional. where to go? Professional. Growing up, these words would not have been used in my house as well, except on the TV. Uh, and maybe not yours, and maybe only when not the parents were around, right? And if not in your house, then many houses, that's the way it was. Uh, but going to college and working, I have found that many people use these words without thinking because they're on TV. And uh, movies count, Netflix counts. When I say TV, I mean the mind of the whatever Borg death bot that is just algorithmically accidentally destroying our our heads, right, because we turned it on, you know, I mean, <laughs> I want to write a story about it, okay, I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it, I don't think it's really what happened, but it makes a lot of sense, too, um, I don't think it's what really happened, it be a great, great, like, James Bond-ish kind of story, in which the United, States, it's, it's sort of a Man of the High Castle thing, too, only you don't have to be conquered, so it's sort of like, uh... Imagine that the Allied forces all get to you know, Nazi land, and down in the basement, they find not just the German scientists who we did, in fact, hire, uh, but demons that talk to you as gods. And they convert them, and they give them the superpower called the Magical Transmongeration Box, which we already have, but there's been some updates. And, uh, <laughs> and they go and they say, spread Nazism to the world, but don't call it Nazism, call it freedom. And uh, what would happen? How, what an interesting little alt-history you could play with that idea, especially with the mind-sucking boxes as they are, and if you want to run a little 1984 Brave New World through that, you can have, have some fun. I'm not going to write that one. I don't got time. But it sounds like a really good story um, <laughs> that has nothing to do with, well, it has a lot to do with vocabulary. It has everything to do with vocabulary. Because that's just it. Freedom. What's it even mean these days? I'm pretty sure biblical freedom and uh, whatever else gets meant by democracy freedom ain't the same thing people use these words, they're just part of their vocabulary because they were built into our uh, dictionary, right? Like the, the teachers are like, look, there's a dictionary over on the table. You're supposed to use it to learn words. And you're like, why? And they're like, do it. And they're like, there's gonna be a test. Okay, I'll do it twice. I'm done. Okay, I don't want to use it. <laughs> why? Because we had something else given us all the words we needed. It's called the television. And it was in our rooms for the first time, you know, 70s, 80s, I mean, 80s, eh, 78. So, um, ooh. Identity theft. I uh, <laughs> uh, Well, just that's just it. 70s, 80s, TV was just a thing you watched, and it definitely was a vocabulary. And the vocabulary was formed as we aged from, like, 5 to 21, and it continues to form now. It's even become more hyper. As an English major, I find this particularly fascinating because it means English is a bit fluid now, and most of them, their grammar rules ain't. Ha! Uh, it just is the way it is. Of course, in certain professional worlds, they need to be, and yet if you get into those professional worlds, often you find they still ain't, which is fascinating. Fascinating indeed. We want to talk not about that, though, my own pet, you know, kind of thing, um, but something that's not completely left out from that is this biblical text then, right? The biblical text you found, uh, Colossians 3, eight says this, but now you, yourselves, are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. He goes on, I'm we'll give him a little bit more here. My question would be then this, how does one define filthy language? A biblical text for this would possibly be Romans 14, uh, excuse me, uh, 21. It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine or do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. I think it's the worst verse you could use because that verse has been misused and abused to basically restrict Christian freedoms for a long time now by people who just bully, frankly. Uh, They bully. Well, I don't like this and it offends me, so you should stop because I'm a Christian and so are you. And it's like, where did brotherhood go, man? You know, where did like understanding that we come to disagreeing terms sometimes go? Uh, It's it's quite incredible. And and this verse does not talk about the whole point of the Romans 14 section is not to judge your brother. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. So I would not go there. I would not go there. It's not your fault. I'm not mad at you. Um, I just that verse just gets so abused. It's like the Eighth Commandment explanation from Luther. You explain everything in the kindest way. Like like lie. That's what this, that's what the Eighth Commandment means is lie. Oh, you saw something happen. Don't talk about it. That would be not explaining it in the kindest way. Make sure you lie and and hide the good or the evil. You know. Um, and at a certain point, you're undoing the very thing the text was given for. And so you know what good is it? We're gonna we're gonna go look at something else that'll be more helpful here though. Uh, for this. Uh, how I, finishing from Daniel, or Danielle, 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 uh, how would I look at my question, how I would look at my question would be to not use these words around people they might offend, right, see, and, and that's actually kind of right and kind of not right, but mostly right um uh just don't make it a law uh but that it is okay to use these words with people they do not offend the words are neither okay nor not okay biblically speaking so this is the thing is vulgarity is not really what he's talking about in the sense of like poo-poo potty right um but there is every time that these words are being talked about and we'll, we'll try to go look at this a little bit more closely um it's really dealing with sexual talk and particularly you would imagine you know between the guys not about each other Right. That's that's the connotation of these words. So um, you mentioned the uh, Romans 14, but the Colossians text is a better one. I got to remember how to get to this place. Hang tight. Hang tight. We got I got some of this set up. Uh, I went to Ephesians five. Ah, here, so um, I'll go look at the Colossians 6 after this, but I had, I had went straight to Ephesians 5 with the question, which is that he says this in, in verse 3, Fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for the saints. You should hear saints as Christians every time you see that word. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Okay, so there's, I'd call that a bit more than either of the verses you found. Right, I got a, got a couple of them in there. All right. So neither filthiness, foolish talking, nor coarse jesting. Now keep the context in mind. What's he talking about? All right. We're going to be imitators of God. We're going to be different from the world in a particular way, like Christ who died for us as a sacrifice, to change who we are. We're going to smell good instead of bad now. And part of that means we're not going to be fornicators or acting in uncleanness or greedy. Ah, look at that. Oh, see, we always want to focus on the fornication and ignore the dollars in the bank. I don't, I mean, I, I get it, but I problems there, you know. Um, anyway, uh, what he's getting at, though, though, is that unclean behavior, non-Ten Commandment behavior, huh? And then, so neither filthiness, foolish talking, coarse jesting. They're not fitting. Well, what would that be? How do you define coarse jesting? Is whatever somebody decides coarse jesting is, you, like, make fun of a potato, and they're like, I like potatoes. How can you make fun of the potatoes? That's coarse jesting. its They're just asserting power over you again. Again, remember, this has been coming. This has been coming. Postmodernism has been foreshadowing it. It's the loss of intellect. The loss of logic. It's just power. It's just whoever shouts, okay? So, you cannot let everybody define what the sounds in your mouth mean for you. You have to let a set of series of either books or a canon within your family, you have to know what the words mean. And then in that, when you're talking to your tribe, yeah, you talk however you talk. And when you're talking to someone who's not in your tribe, you try to use the lingua franca, which more and more requires that if you're dealing business with someone who's going to work in your house, you probably should cuss. Frankly, if you want a good deal and going to barter a little bit, I mean, you're going to have to like talk like him, right? So, but that's, uh, that's what you mean by dialects, you mean that's what they mean by dialects when they talk about places like india i'm not kidding about that either so but as christians we should have our lingua franca uh determined by the text of scripture it'd be great if we all had the same translation oops we ruined that one anyway uh wow what are we gonna do now maybe the new king james version that might that might work that might just kind of pull a lot of us together this is where i'm gonna go uh but uh anyway it's not perfect it's not perfect but you got to have something and king james did a real good job for a long time uh it's just it is well That's a different thing. Let's get back to then. Okay, why did I bring that up? I brought that up because you want to have words that don't change when the TV changes them. Like, pause that and rewind. If you think I'm an idiot and I don't know what I'm talking about, like none of this made sense, right? You're one of those, like, yeah! Okay, pause it. Rewind. What did I just say? Write that down. Our language is changing at lightning speed. And the way they change it is they make shows about it that we laugh at and by the time seven or ten years have gone, most people now use the new words the new way. If you want to hold the meaning of your old words, be thankful that they don't use some of them, like justification. Like that one still means what it meant. Oh, it's almost as if it was preserved. <laughs> like an ark. Uh, 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 but you have to then let your own text be the definer. I'd recommend buying an English dictionary of some kind, you know, preferably from like 25 years ago, and having it, Because it's just going to keep going and keep moving words around. But for that reason, then, if you really want to know what these words are talking about, it's not about what an English Bible would say. It's about what these words in Greek really mean. And I didn't go and double check this one again today, but I have been here in the past. And I can affirm again, and go ahead and check me, you scholars online. I can affirm that the (laughs) uh, the thrust of this language is sexual. Straight up, okay, it's it, it is. You could throw cynicism in here if you want to, but I don't think it's really officially in the text. The point of it is that a Christian's mouth is the shrine of the Holy God, and so if something's going to come out of your mouth, oughtn't it not? Oughtn't it better enlighten than so discord, despair, frustration, or tyranny? Right? I mean, the idea is that you just hold your tongue. It's not like you're not going to have all the despair. I'm going to keep the peace. I'm going to keep the peace. It's valuable. We might die if we don't keep the peace. You know what I'm saying? So, the idea here would be that Christians, able to keep their tenure over their own spirit, would avoid throwing reckless words anywhere. Now, to take that and make that be like, you're not allowed to use the S word, I think you're missing the point. Really, I do. I, I think you're just missing the point. And, and, and you don't know what language is or how people really talk and you're caught up on a kind of righteousness that is surface level, pharisaic even. Uh, and what you want to do is devoid yourself of that way of looking at the law. It's a matter of if I get all the right things on this side of the line, then I'm good. I can just do what I want. You're never going to be good. You're never going to just do what you want. You're going to be a sinner being dragged by the Holy Spirit through the scriptures to the last day. And thanks be to God, your name is written in heaven, according to your baptism, that you might be certain of this. All the more, take ownership for the slave that you are, owned by him, purchased with his lifeblood, and acknowledge you. Stop stop worrying so much about what you're going to get, or if he's going to get mad at you for it, and understand that the real thrust here is that you would remove discord in the community, particularly that that arises amongst the greed and lust that are native to man's heart, which are we sell as a, as a society. We sell it. And, it, I mean, look at the context. For this, you know, no fornicator, no unclean person, no covetous man. I mean, you would think those three things are pretty important, right? I mean, the one that I would really want to know more about is like, well, okay, unclean, what does that mean specifically? And, I mean, this is important. So if you want to know what that means specifically, have Old Testament law, which is all about cleanliness. So it means outside of the covenant. So, no adulterer, or it's not, adulterer doesn't really work either. No person who uses sex just for themselves, uh, no person who is not ritually clean according to the covenants of Jesus Christ, and no person who uh, ah, hoards and amasses things only for his own grave uh, is, uh, that's an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ. It's pretty intense stuff. You're worried about saying poo poo and papa. And I mean, really, this is like, wake up! There is a God. Who ain't joking around about the fire he's gonna bring? Let no one deceive you with empty words. You can keep your bullet point list of how much better. You don't say, foo foo fifi. But because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, among whom we live. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Don't use their language. You were, you were. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like ah. I'm a chief offender. I watch so many movies. All I can do is quote movies. It's partaking. It's a philosophy. Now, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm not saying never do it. I'm saying, which one's your dictionary? Which one's like your worldview maker? Yeah. Uh, and the, so the question about you know how do I decide whether or not I can say poo poo or papa? It's gonna be yeah. You're right. If if you want to keep the peace, just don't be needlessly crass. I mean, that's kind of a good idea. That's not really what the Bible is worried about. Crass, crassness of your vernacular. Like the vernacular is going to be a vernacular. It's all, Jesus didn't come to remove vernaculars. And you're like, what? I don't understand. Then look up the word. (laughs) Jesus did not come to fix our vernacular. He did not come to make our language pretty. He came to bleed through it onto us so that we would believe <laughs> and so our talk and the whole idea of this, this whole section here our talk is so is to to make us dwell in light to to lift up an understanding that's mutual like a, a community a group enlightenment because we were once darkness but now we are light in the lord walk as children of the light have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness expose them and so on so um, let's see here doo, doo, doo. I want to go back how do I do this <laughs> someday I will learn these things let's try it like that boom Um, that was interesting so to finish out it's uh, like I threw the question away Um, the Romans 14 passage I think I addressed I did not get to the Colossians 2 passage and I kind of want to look at the text again so everyone give me one moment I got to find my my things that let me see things nope not that one this one there it is. Uh, so, oh, nope, that's not the one I want. Mm-mm-mm. There it is at the bottom. Okay, so Colossians 3.8, but you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language. I'm pretty sure that's the one where it's like straight up sexual talk, right? And that makes sense there a lot because the whole point of the Ephesians text is, is filthy sexual talk amongst the brethren um which i would include cynicism as part of that or despair is part of that sarcasm can be part of that um so uh you gotta be careful with it um i mean there's lutherans out there's okay lutherans out there's good uh <laughs> but in this list here right notice how there is no sexual sexuality, bla- sexual sexual immorality Uh, mentioned at all right so this stands in place for that in this list i think um you know putting off all the all the works of the flesh all right so coming over here to another one from michael michael says lately refis you have spoken several times about seminary education and the debt slavery it brings well all higher education brings debt slavery it's just you know you get a little extra boost with seminary ed uh although i want to come straight up look the um Concordia Theological Seminary Fort Wayne is not charging tuition this year, I think. So, like, I mean, there's a, there's a window you might squeak through eh, before, I don't know. <laughs> I know I went to seminary and they promised us a free ride, and by the second year we were paying for it. So that's what I remember. <laughs> and, you know and Maybe they'll make it. Maybe they'll make it this time. Uh, it would be really good. It'd be valuable. Uh, but you're to consider your finances as being in jeopardy when you uproot, sell everything you have, and move somewhere so that you can go through a three- to four-year Training process, it's good. There's a lot of good there. It's education. There's some other behaviors that could be better. But uh, the LCMS continues to struggle with filling pulpits. Really, they don't pay anybody. You don't pay us. I mean, I'm okay. I'm not complaining for me. But I've been around a while. You don't pay us. Why? What? I mean, guys got to eat, and the flesh eventually is gonna make. Hey, I'm gonna I'm, I gotta feed my family before I check into this thing. You know? <laughs> it's that's his that's his duty. You don't want him to abandon his family and go to be a pastor. And they're not necessarily. I mean. I, the idea that all Americans are expecting a little too much of their first world living is, is fair enough. There's guys who go anyway, but you know, also once you get out and you do a good job, you get punished for it. We punish our best people who come out and want to lead. We just, we crush them. We crush them into obedience. We drive them from us. Uh, it's, it's a long, long standing reality. I'm not the only one who, who talks about this or has seen this and you know, whatever. I don't, I don't talk about it much. I don't think it's that important. We can't fix it other than just by being forgiven and moving on. Uh, but the fact is, we're not going to fill most of those pulpits. Most of those pulpits are, I mean, already a, a wide number of the empty pulpits in the LCMS are, are permanently non-calling congregations. You know, why are they still open? <laughs> That's a good question, isn't it? Uh, uh, but there are. There's a, a vast number of them. They're never going to call somebody. And uh, SP in theory, is there to help them. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in that job, right? Uh, and so uh, so there's that. Um, but then also, uh, the shortage of pastors is what a... a boomer inverted pyramid of not having kids looks like you have two kids in a in a family gets your nuclear family here's what happens your civilization that's this big starts to go like this and so what has happened not across all americans definitely amongst that demographic that would normally attend a lutheran church missouri City clubhouse uh we're, we're just just a lot less of us so as as few pastors as there are there's even fewer like guys who are going to pay the pastor's salary at these churches you want to call them to this is, I mean, mean—they—they they the reason my tuition 15 years ago was free for a year is because they said there's a pastor shortage coming. we got to get guys on board. I can't tell you they were wrong. I think they were right. I think they were way ahead of the game, and they weren't very clear about what the future was actually going to look like. No one wanted to talk about demographics and the birth control pill. They still don't. <laughs> if you breed yourself out of existence, you breed yourself out of existence. We'll fix it with mission. Well, we've done a great job, haven't we, now? <laughs> What are you gonna, he's gonna bless you when you're not having kids you reject the blessing he gives and you think he's gonna go bless your mission to like convert people to Christianity without kids I, what nonsense we have the, the the crazy train we have been on anyways it's not any one individual I don't care politically I don't care I'm here for you LCMS I'm on your side you know I, this. we gotta wake up though realize what's going on how blind we are how without a rudder we have been how without a father figure we have been uh, all of us. Someone's got to step up. Sovereignty has been taken from us. Men, will you stand up or not? Uh, is there not a path forward for the S&P program? The question goes on from Michael. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Um, it was scrap debt and just let the local pastors and churches train men to ordain and fill pulpits. Yeah, it, it exists for that reason. It's still expensive and you got to find the guy. And um, you're not going to be able to pay the guy afterwards. Still, it's all the same, <laughs> same problems. Um, so it, it doesn't really solve anything. It what it does do, and it, this was said way back when it when it was allowed to happen. It shows you that the seminaries are not a necessity. Sorry, guys, it's not a necessity for the church. Valuable to be sure. Essence of the church? No. Bene essa? Yes. You guys taught me that. I'm sorry. It's your own fault. But the <laughs> you're not. Uh, and so, at the end of the day, a very, very expensive system is going to remain a very, very expensive system, and the people will give to it when they think it's worth giving to. And eventually, it's just not going to be able to main, maintain. Nobody can give that much that long in the inverted pyramid that we have begun. <sighs> the good news is Jesus has risen from the dead. It doesn't really matter. So, you know, he is he's paid for you. He's paid for us. Pastors will get ordained. And we should, as LCMS, continue to strive through whatever happens next, because it's not all just going to collapse at once. But uh, when I say collapse, let me let me refine this just in case this gets clipped to somebody to throw at the LCMS, whoever, so they can be upset about it. Um, When I say collapse, I'm not thinking Mad Max. Apparently that was 2021, by the way, which is fun, but uh, I'm not Think about it. How much of your life do you spend looking for water and fuel? Think about it. Um, (laughs) uh, I'm not talking about a Mad Max scenario. Uh, I'm talking about an increasing reality that the information is not working. That using the tools of communication with electricity aren't doing what they promised us they would do. They are doing it for those who have enough money to pay teams of monkeys to do it. And it did lower the field in some ways. Hi, I'm talking to you. But it's going to be increasingly difficult to get your message out. And even when it gets out, if you get it out, the point is no one's going to hear it. People are listening less and they're choosing to listen less to anything that is official. And that I'm a front runner on that. I've always been an early adopter. So if you want to see someone early adopt, make mistakes and still end up in a decent place, usually, you know, that's what I do, right? That's why you watch. Um, And uh, (laughs) our system's they're, they're already broken. We've known it for a long time. We say they don't work. What we just got to do is recognize it's collapsed. The whole thing is the communication has collapsed. And Babel is upon us. And we have a canon. We have a firm found scripture that is sufficient. Word and sacrament is sufficient. And if they kill us, they kill us. If they don't, they don't. But we got to get back to realizing we're different than everybody else. And we can't listen to their canon with the same uh value that we give to the canon uh of, of the world, right? So when when the masks become a dividing point in the church, this will be interesting, right? Yeah. I don't know where you live. Some places it's not a big deal. Sweden. It's awesome. Um Illinois, we're we're moving toward communism a lot more quickly than others. And it's in you can feel it in the air, in the water, all that. Uh, in fact, they had a boil order just recently, <laughs> last night in my city. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah uh, uh, pipes breaking. Oh, well, how did you not know that was coming? Oh, we're not watching. We're just taxing. That's all. Anyway, wear your mask. <laughs> uh, so the thing will be, though, when the mask becomes a dividing issue in the church. When you have Christians who formerly are communing together, who now will be unable to commune together. Because some wear masks and some don't. That tells y'all you need to know about masks right there. At that moment, which side you want to be on. Because the one that's imposing a new restriction upon the church is the one Galatians says anathema to. Mm. So, like, know that right now. Like, I don't care if you want to wear it because it makes you feel better. You got to be able to let someone else take it off. Or you are part of a purity cult (laughs) that's massive and is going to suck your brain out. Mm. so you know wear it that's fine get the n95 one wear them yeah uh, but if you're going to tell people that they are not really christians or not welcome at your church because they don't i'm just i'm on a different side of the church than you <laughs> i don't want us to say you know i think i think that's that'd be kind of like asking someone to get circumcised i, I put it on the same part. And, and so if, you know, if we've got to, if we've got to part ways, I'll still be your friend and Jesus can judge between us both on the last day. Yeah. I don't have to get all mad about it. Uh, But I, I, but that, I think that's kind of prove the point again, that, that one side of that debate doesn't take it like it's a religion and the other side does. And it's going to show itself. And you can't avoid this. They're doing it to us from the top, which means that Jesus is doing it. Stop being like, "Why, why is this happening? Why doesn't Jesus do something? Jesus is doing this. He's doing this so that you can hear me when I tell you, men, take it back. Like, for yourself, where you are. Don't go storm Capitol Hill in a LARP outfit. Although, I think he had a real spear. Um, don't go storm Capitol Hill. Take back, like, your... the drawer on your side of the bathroom. Start there. (laughs) I mean, do you hear me? I hope you do. Uh, Take back, you know, the trash at the end of the night. Hmm. Who am I talking to? (laughs) But it's true. It's true. It's not about how you have to. It's about how you are the image of God to everyone who sees you. That's what man is. As opposed to woman. Ladies, you're the image of man to everyone who sees you. If you don't believe that, you don't believe what the Bible says. And that's great. You do that. I'm not going to do that. Women, you are the image of man. Men, you are the image of God. And that means in your family... You are the image of God. The Father is the image of the Father. The Son is the image of the Son. And together, you're the image of the Church. Absolutely. And in that same reality, the Father's the image of Christ to the wife who is the image of the Church. I mean, there's so much overlap in this. And that's what we've given up, not intellectually. There's a bunch of us who've been like, well, on paper, we still believe. But practically. There's a pretty damning nah, critique. It's a biblical word. I used it right. There's a pretty, that kind of thing, critique of us. <laughs> that was given by a professor years ago. Uh, man, i would be great if I get banned for all this for that. Uh, it, it really its It is a critique that should cause us to be wary as Christians that the modern Christian acts as a practical atheist. We live like atheists. We talk like atheists. We laugh like atheists. We go to school like atheists. We, we worship often. Kind of like atheists. That's scary, isn't it? I mean, how long can we just be? Well, how long is it going to go on? I'll have another beer. It just keeps us so bad. How long? The way that eating and drinking until is the way it goes. Do not count slow as some count slowness, and it's not always his return in the sky. Sometimes it's just fire. And I'm not saying, like, run away and hide, but then again, <laughs> a wise man sees trouble coming and hides himself. Proverbs say it. You do what you will with it. The point is, no one's coming to help you, right? No one's coming to help you. If the government shows up and says, hi, we're here to help you, they're not. <laughs> they're not. Uh, so no one's coming to help you. Be ready to help yourself. And this why is this surprising, Christians? Part of it for me is, uh yeah, brotherhood. We lost it. When you lose the sovereignty of the Father, you lose the trust of the brotherhood. Bam, 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 like dominoes. Stanley, um, uh, Lynn says this. If you got that one way back, uh, dear Pastor Fisk, I learned from you on yesterday's SM Chill that worship means put your face in the dirt. That's right, not not right literally, but kind of. It it means to prostrate oneself. Uh, the word latruo in the Greek, and that was what I was saying. We can say more. I was going to say more here, but what what I was saying that you picked up on the word lituro, the Greek word for worship, most commonly used in the Bible, means to pro- prostrate oneself flat on the ground. That's what the like the it doesn't say worship. It says fall on the ground. Like that's what it says as a word when you look at the etymology of the word, which is the history of the word. Yeah, it's awesome. You should do it etym online. It's great stuff. Uh, can you explain then your understanding of the lifting up of the hands, such as in Psalm 134, verse two, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, ever grateful for your teaching. Yeah, right. The place I would go is actually 1 Timothy chapter two, where the desire men everywhere should lift up holy hands in prayer, right? Isn't that the one that's supposed to make us sing like this? Yeah, it's God's for us. Oh, we're great! I got out of the mountains and sky. Um. So think about it this way: I'm before a king. So I'm gonna get on the ground. I'm gonna kneel. It could kill me. Um I my hands are in the air generally because I don't have a sword or a gun, right? I'm down. I'm down on the ground. And what happens in ancient religion? You ever seen this? Ooh. Okay, what I'm not saying that's exactly what happened in the temple, but it's part of being on the ground that you then lift your hands up. If you ever try doing a little yoga while you pray, I'm not kidding, like do some child's pose, some mountain pose, a little downward dog, your hands will be up and down all over the place. <laughs> you know, it's, it's part of being on the ground is to have your hands in the air uh, from time to time. It's not about going to the Eagles concert. <laughs> yeah! So that's it. And you can take that all the way then through. I mean, what David is doing is he is bowing at the very least. At the very least. Now, I will say, I mean, I have a habit of picking this thing up and praying like this. I don't know if that's right or wrong. It's just what I've been doing. Uh, You know, this is a focus for me. We got a question about crucifix coming up early. This is a focal point, right? It's it's a material object to remind me of something. It's like a pebble in my shoe or whatnot. Um, And not that I have a pebble in my shoe or necessarily recommend the reference. Although prepare you the way of the lord a pretty decent song uh, uh, so a focus <laughs> keeps you from being distracted so if you like hold it and look at it while you pray you eventually have to come back to it you can't get too far away it's pretty useful to remember jesus died for you we'll come back to this again but uh, so lifting up hands in prayer I, you know <sighs> you're not supposed to make a law out of what we do with our bodies beyond the laws that have already been established as the moral imperatives summarized in the 10 commandments so whatever rules you're finding in scripture in the new testament you should expect them to align with the moral code the eternal law of the torah of the 10 commandments right so there is no prescription for you know circumcision <laughs> uh, or mass or lifting your hands when you pray but certainly there is language about lifted hands in prayer from a people who understood that prayer meant uh believing you were powerless and honestly if you physically believe you're powerless and you're standing up like this you don't physically you don't believe you're powerless the times that i've been on the ground in prayer um, spontaneously, not because I'm trying, but simply I just do it, are times when I have been afraid. And that's kind of the point. Put a little bit back in your discipline on purpose. It might surprise you. Yeah, if you can. If you can. Uh, so, d- d- Steve says this. Where are we at? 1006. Uh, Steve says, Hello, my mom showed me your channel. And I've liked your content so far. Cool. I have a personal question that's been bugging me. There's this girl I like, and she's not Christian. She was a Catholic at one point, but has gone away and is more of an agnostic. I know the Bible says to be of equal yoke, but I wanted your input on this. Thank you for your time, Steve. Yeah, well, I know the Bible says. The the equal yoking text is not necessarily about getting married. It's just actually about trusting people. (laughs) It's about who you live with who you let influence you and so I mean it would if you're going to not be influenced by the powers of darkness deciding to make the dark Lord have like your best friend be also your worst enemy in this regard. It seems like a bad idea, right? Don't marry a Sith. It's it's a bad idea. Uh, could you do it? Could you make it work? It happens all the time. We'll have another question a little bit about people who convert after marrying Sith, or you know. We should really should kind of think of it that way. Oh, that's mean. It's true. Pagans, Philistines. What the Bible is not nice. If it if by nice you mean I have to lie. That's what it is. I, I'll do all sorts of other stuff for you. I'm not going to lie. Uh-uh. My conscience is tied up in this stuff. Uh, so, so, look, if you're going to marry somebody who is of a completely different category than you in their head, when it comes to who the creator of heaven and earth is, it's probably going to have an impact on your kids. I mean, really. And I'm going to tell you, it's, it's that thing where it's when you... When you're willing to settle on one thing, you'll be willing to settle on another. And especially if you're the man, right? Like you're the man, you're gonna change religion. Better be the true religion. <laughs> I better be the true religion, right? Or, or you are, uh, uh, yeah. So, yes, Steve, marry a Christian girl. Uh, if you're gonna marry a Catholic, marry one who's actually a Catholic and not one of these Yahoos, right? Marry one who like wears like the the pain straps on and like believes they need to like be prostrate to be heard and then set her free with the gospel. I mean, by all means, but it's do not get entangled in foreign affairs. That's how George Washington said it. And he wasn't wrong. And neither was Paul Mm -mm -mm -mm. Foster. If George Washington even existed, I have to question that now. I don't like that. I think he probably did. I think most history still worked that way. But after this week, I mean, it's just like, what? Maybe we are all on an island. Have you ever watched the movie The Island? I mean, maybe... I don't know. Ah, it's just nuts. Uh, Terminators is a more fun future. I'm going to play with that one for a while. I've heard pastors from certain non-dominational ministries say that having a cross, especially crucifixes, can bring curses or demons into your home the men who say that generally bring curses or demons into your home straight up it's just the way it is they actually speak with them I speak in tongues like this if you speak Greek you know what I said it's from the Bible these other guys they don't do that they make stuff up and if they're actually not just making stuff up and being spirit filled at that moment they're demonic and the reason they want the crucifix away is because they hate it they cannot stand it demons despise the crucifix because it reminds you who Jesus is and you can't stop forgetting it. And in their their presence, they don't want you to believe in that. So how's that for fighting back? Uh, For pity's sakes, these non-denominational Pentecostal yahoos who don't know the Bible from a hole in the wall and are basically filling their pockets, filling their pockets, corner church after corner church, preaching health, wellness, and nonsense, and people keep giving them money. And they have the gall to say that Jesus Christ's image is demonic? Think about it all sins will be forgiven except for the sin against the Holy Spirit and calling Jesus demonic, demonic one. Just just, just y'all know. Their explanation is that it's a pagan symbol. Does the Bible say that? Can you show me in the Bible where it says the cross is a pagan symbol, it belongs with the other armaments, the holy hand grenade, and so forth. Uh, it, it shows pain, suffering, at yes, it does. Have you read? Have these guys? The, does the Bible say anything about how there will be no pain, suffering, agony in the Christian life? I know these guys say that, but like, don't listen to them for like a week and just read the New Testament, just straight. Suffering is part of being a Christian, and knowing your Lord is the suffering servant who suffers for you. Oh my goodness, what does he say when he knocks Paul off his horse? Paul's knocked off the horse. He's blind. He's in Damascus. Remember this? Do you read the Bible? You ever heard it? Do they preach it? I don't know. He's off. This guy's killing Christians. You know who Saul is? I don't even know. He's killing Christians. Okay. And God's like, boom, with light. He falls on the ground. He goes into the town where he's going to go kill Christians, in theory. And God goes to this other guy. and He's like, hey, go talk to that guy because I will show him how much he must learn to suffer for my name. And the guy's like, no, he kills people. He said, do it. (laughs) He goes, he baptizes him. It all works out. It's Paul. He wrote most of the New Testament so far as we understand it. The idea that the crucifix is not of value because it shows pain and suffering tells you all you need to know about these guys' argument. You don't... A lot of these pastors have a Baptist worldview. you think? The sacraments have been removed because they are they are wards. They are wards that God puts on his people. And Baptists have baptism. They do. But the devils have come in and convinced you not to know it so that you walk around unwarded. Meaning you think you have to justify yourself all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's nuts! You're a crazy person. You're living like this. Ha, ha, justify, justify. You don't even know it. You don't even know it. Baptism as a word, as a word from God physically, boom, on your body, a helmet of blue, shiny light armor that encompasses your entire self as part of the body of Jesus. Spear through the heart and pull up to heaven with him. Baptists just don't believe that, you know? It just makes a difference. Uh, uh, and so, the crucifix is a focus. Okay? It's a focus. It's a piece of metal. My God is the God of wood and metal. He's the one who redeemed these things. You know, the Eastern Orthodox talk about this a lot more, and they're right. Not about everything. And they can be some of the rudest people you've ever met when they don't like what I say. But <laughs> they're very, very. Cons- uh, let me say it this way Eastern Orthodox guys are convinced they're right. Straight up, they act like it. Yeah, they act like it. But in their theology, they understand something that the West does understand, but we just haven't had a controversy about it quite the same way. Or we haven't had the fruit of that come over to us. Which is that in the incarnation, God saved creation. Uh, It was already a sure thing. It's not that the atonement does not happen on the cross the reason he's incarnate is for the atonement to happen on the cross. But like by the moment he's incarnate, like he's here, like you can't, we're not going to (laughs) lose, you know, uh, he's here. And in that, then everything changes about what here is before anything I would make an image of would not be him. Could not be him. The crucified man is, is the image of Jesus Christ, or you don't believe in Jesus Christ. We preach, well, we preach Christ and him crucified. I mean, it's it's, it's, a, it's a verbal image. It's a symbolic. I mean, the whole thing. You think the words aren't symbols. They're symbols too. Everything is working in a communicatory way to bring you truth. And to say baptism can't do that is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it already can do it. Uh, okay. Um, and to say the crucifix then can't be used to bring you truth, but brings you evil. I don't know what God you're talking to. That's what I say. Straight up. Uh, of a different spirit we have said amongst about those uh radicals for a long time and uh well there's a reason that's where you get that's where you get good morning pacifist says justin Mm-mm, thank you for all you do you're welcome i'm in the country just north of you the north remembers you know uh, last week i went to my congregation's traditional service and later that day noticed that they shared their contemporary service on facebook strike one. (laughs) After watching a few minutes of it, I thought it was strange that in the contemporary service, the pastors wore suits instead of the albs they were wearing for the traditional service. Why do you think that was strange? Well, I guess guess the suits are a bit nice, right? Like, Hawaiian shirts would make more sense because that's what the kids are into these days. Actually, uh, Antifa gear. Uh, When I asked about why this was, this was the response I was given by whomever replies to questions for the church. So, the reason we wear albs during the traditional service is to remind us of Christ's righteousness that he has given to us. I think that's fair. I've heard that. I wouldn't like quibble with that. I'm not sure that's really why we were albs, but you know, it's fine. It's fine. Nothing wrong with it. Um, it's symbolic. The albs are definitely there to cover the man, right? The idea is we're covering whoever's there and that Christ is seen instead of us. Uh, that's why the celebrant would wear more than just an alb or the one who, who offers, uh, the Lord's supper to you would be, uh, vested like a King in a chasuble because he is not himself. He is, he's just standing in the stead and by the command of Christ in that moment. So, um, so, you know, their, their piety is, is interesting, but it's just definitely not the historical reason. OK, um, the reason why we wear suits during the contemporary service is to find us, is to remind us that we need to reach out to the world where they are. I'm, I'm sure that's what they do every morning. They get the suit out of the closet and they're like, dear Jesus, remind me where I am I can put on the tie. Teach me to not be like unto the Philistines, but reach them with patience. And they don't do that. They don't do that. That's not what they're there for. You're wearing them because it's easy and because the people don't like to look at the Alps. <laughs> <laughs> or you don't like to wear them. It's such it's such sanctimony, and this is why God's destroying us. we just won't be honest about it. Just wear wear the suit, because uh, I don't like olives. That's why, right? Or the people don't like olives. Or all the but this idea that somehow we're doing this for God. Oh, that's why He's breaking it. Is we're lying in His name, left and right, lying in His name. Uh, reach out to the world. We are in the world, but not of the world. True, and alternating between different styles reminds us that we shop at Kohl's. <laughs> It reminds us that we're Americans who've been hoodwinked into being idiots. I don't know how else to say it. Do one or the other. Don't waffle between two opinions. If you think that the world needs to get rid of the divine service, get rid of the divine service. But to try to pretend you're going to hold on to some sort of like ritualistic ancient smells and bells word and sacrament with, with my, my friends and that you're also going to be doing this when we're on the same team. You're just lying. You're just lying to yourself and us. I'm not going to go after you. I'm never going to accuse you. I don't care. Just stop lying. Stop lying. Not you, Justin. I was aware of these things were mutually... Ex- I wasn't aware these things were mutually exclusive. Could you share your thoughts on this? Yeah. Look, uh, about, I don't know, in the 80s, the LCMS caught up to the idea that in the 60s, a bunch of churches figured out they could make more money if they just did rock and roll concerts. And so they started doing that or trying to do that, but they couldn't really just do that. They have to do it very, like... Lutheran fakie style, which is not like skateboarding at all. It's more like falling on your face in front of the girls. And so that's what we've done for a while now is rather than just say, okay, we realize that at this time and place, this is not functional and we're going to work walk forward as a brother's brotherhood in arms and we're going to conquer the world for you nope 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 a bunch of guys just did it on their own and said nobody will wait for us because they couldn't wait like two years to talk about it or something you know and and no one will wait for us and off they went so now we have just this like mod podge of all sorts of experimental goo-boo-goo called worship or contemporary worship or what the best the best is the blended worship um i mean you know what a blender is you want to put your worship in a We just don't even think when we talk, right? We don't even think when we talk. So all this stuff's all over the place and everyone's got to make up, think, what are we doing all the time? We're justifying ourselves. So we have to have reasons. Well, here's my reason. Here's my reason. Here's why we do this. Here's why we do this. We all do this. It's normal. The thing is then, (laughs) really, really, Justin, the thing is, do you want to go to a church with a split personality? That's really the question. Do you want to go to a church that thinks it's a good idea to have more chaos? Because the world's chaotic. We're in the world, not of the world. So we should have more chaos like the world. Oh, I think that probably speaks for itself, right? I mean, so on the worship war thing, like I really don't care about your instruments. I could, I I could care less. I am, I'm actively seeking to have more grand piano in my sanctuary. We don't have one at all. So one would be more. Yeah, and we have a piano and I would like more piano. Piano is beautiful. I don't mind violin and brass and all these other things. A little guitar, not a problem. The problem is you not even knowing who your God is and changing your worship style as if style mattered and the only style you're doing is less reverent, which ain't a style. It's an essence. Own it. If you're going to do it, own it. Don't get mad at me because I told you what it was. Awake too often. I'm sorry. Have you seen a sleep doctor? Sleep apnea is a thing. Probably not why you're awake. That would be the blue light and the caffeine. Hmm. Uh, what? Uh, graveyard shift? Yeah, and maybe kind of late night. Yeah, kind of thing. Uh, can you comment? This individual says Z uh, on the uses of magic. Yes, I was looking forward to this one uh, in fantasy literature. I would love to. I remember when I was growing up. This is uh, a week too often still that there was this big controversy over Harry Potter. Excuse me. Ah. <sighs> That has nothing to do with Harry Potter. That's just my stomach deciding. I had I had a little bit of wheat this week, kind of accidentally, and and then a beer this week. And as a as a hyper carnivore, as much as I will cheat from time to time, um, those don't always go so well with the lower intestine. So it, <laughs> that's where we're at with that one. Anyway, you didn't even know that, did you? But hey, if you're into carnivore, it is true. It is true. Like the the more that you go, even keto, the longer you're fat adapted, the less you can just kind of get away with the stuff the body wasn't necessarily made to process. Um, and so you just aren't ready to process it or to shove it through, maybe is the other way to say it. That's not what you wanted to wake too often. That was not your question about Harry Potter. You're talking about magic, like nutrition and uh, medicine, right? And it's not magic. I shouldn't say it. That's really mean. Uh, I, I do not mean it to be magic. What it is, is hidden knowledge though, yeah? Hidden knowledge. And the idea of magic in the Bible, So I'm going, I'm going to say this before I read your question. The idea of magic in the Bible is not about a specific thing because it can't be there's too many different forms and we don't even know it didn't record what these things were they were supposed to burn it when they found it right so but what we do know is that it's an attempt to find hidden knowledge to have knowledge others don't have and then to use it and manipulate it, particularly if you can supernatural beings manipulating with it, but, but certainly then to try to, to find that knowledge from the supernatural beings for the sake of your own life, right? That would be like uh, um, going to a medium particularly. Uh, so um, that's, that, that's an interesting thing, right? That that's, that's the thing we should be afraid of is manipulative information that we cannot test, Hello TV. Uh, so, you see what I'm saying? That's why I said what I said earlier. So please uh, no one no one uh, take any one individual school of science personally. They're all infested with philistines. And that means there can be all manner of hootenanny going on in them, and you got to be really check your numbers, check your footnotes, you know. If you really want to be a scientist, is, you got to do it, you know, not just check the paper, you got to redo the experiment. They're lying in the journals. It's ridiculous. Anyway, um, and I'm not the one even saying this. I you know this is just anyway. Anyway, uh, let's get back to Harry Potter. That's way easier. I can answer this one. Uh, yikes, Jonathan. Uh, sh- 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 Harry Potter was seeing the magic is that is an evil thing. Uh, it's a, in a lot of ways that view makes sense because of what the Bible talks about sorcery and witchcraft as being sinful. But what does it mean? Right, that's the key. Um, I've heard you mention things like Dungeons and Dragons in some of your videos and seeing Magic the Gathering cards in most of your posts. Yeah. I love playing Magic uh, the Gathering back in the day, by the way. So I'm assuming you're a pro fantasy magic. Well, I am not anti-make-believe without, with prejudice. I am not a prejudicial anti-make-believer. I am an equal equality make believe is to her, <laughs> anti, <laughs> right? So I, I actually think a lot of the stuff's um, wrong, but not for the reasons many people do. And this has a lot more to do with my own growth curve at the moment, which just recognize how much time it steals from you, right? Like it's just a waste of time. That, that's the real problem with a lot of it. Even fiction. No. Uh, not all of it. Uh, and and not it's not that all of it is the problem. It's how much of the time we give to it that's really the problem. Like We're, we're like worshiping it by the amount of time we spend with it. Okay? So that, that seems to me to be the bigger deal with any of these things than with, say, the little nuances in it wherein you find, oh, look, there are sinners involved. Oh, look, it was made by the Philistines. They have bad worldviews. Like, yup. Like, that's not different from My Little Ponies. I mean, what do you think is safe besides the Bible eh, you know what I'm saying so okay uh, continuing on uh, he says but what sets us apart from the wicked magic in the Bible well, I'll try to say more about that uh, is there some fantasy magic that should be avoided or is it all a completely different thing that is okay uh, to enjoy in a fantasy context? Hold, hold on real fast okay hold on, hold on. I got a good, good answer for this hey kids can you hear me can anybody hear me can you bring me that box from the cards The magic box. That big the big magic thing you guys got last night with the scary dude. Golly. They don't even know what I'm talking about. Ridiculous. They're like they get this box of magic stuff given to them. It's fine. It's like toys, right? And and like uh, in theory. Um and they can spend all night with it. Hey kids, can I have that thing? What thing? What thing? Yeah. So hopefully they'll bring it. The the point I want to show you on this is that this is a this is like a toy box of Tricks, right? Uh, give and take, illusion kind of stuff. But it's just chock full of symbols. And what's far more important than like saying Harry Potter's bad because it uses the word witch, right, is to start understanding how the symbols really work in the world. Uh, this is not Illuminati ish, but then again, it's not either. What it is is biblical. It's recognizing that the Bible has certain symbols and the devil's always trying to steal them. So here, here um hold on. Let's, let's do this. Oh gosh, I'm going to spill it everywhere. This is nuts. Uh hold on here. Here we go. Uh, no, this one. Here we go. All right. so what do you think of this? As a present. Ultimate magic kit. I mean that looks healthy, right? He probably has like good relationship with his, his mom and stuff. Maybe. I don't know. Mind freak. Right. But what bothers me more than how like the bad, you know, the, the, the trans slash metro makeup deal thing he's got going on trying to be like South Korean, but not. And like, um, this is all like, Ooh, scary horror. Like, well, why is horror interesting? That's a good question. But what really gets me is I get down over here or up right there, that thing. And then that thing, those are symbols. Those are symbols of power is what they are. Pagans believe in this stuff, and whether they've attached demons to it or not, I don't care. You don't want to mess with that stuff, man. And how do I know this? Because, I don't know. What is that? you see a little symbol on there? Infinity with a sword through it or something? I don't know. What I know is I don't want any words, be that hieroglyphic or otherwise, going into my head that are not owned by Jesus or crafted by me in his image. Now, the thing that has bothered me most about, say... Look at these little death pins. These plastic death pins. Oh, it's through my arm! I'm no, just kidding, it's magic. The, <laughs> what's bothered me most about uh, Dungeons & Dragons, Magic the Gathering Wizards of the Coast recently, is realizing that they have been on a very gradual trans agenda in which all the archetypes have been inverted over time. So things that used to be men are now women. And increasingly, I would imagine, the the men are in feminine-ish positions. I haven't paid as much attention to that one. But all the superheroes... Hey, Wonder Woman. Um, everything is pushing the other direction right now. Um, and so the symbolism that goes on when you absorb this, right? When you just take it in over and over and over again. What is this thing? Um, let me step back. You are not strong enough to be able to resist the symbolism over and over and over again coming into you. Uh, you, you have to... Uh, please... What are you doing? Oh, there's a rabbit. <laughs> Just don't bump the desk, please. Uh, I have no idea what I was talking about. I'm on live TV. Oh, it feels good. Uh, uh, symbolism. There it is. <laughs> She's still trying to get the rabbit. Um, you watch this show. That's the amazing thing. I, I don't know why. This is. I'm going to have to get the rabbit. This is ridiculous. We're live. Rabbit. Are you still here? Oh, my goodness. Okay, symbolism. The symbols that are... uh, And we'll go back to this for uh, for that. The symbols that you absorb in your diet, whatever it is, words on the page, pictures on the screen, doesn't matter, they're going to form how you then project symbols onto the world. So you will start to see... You will start to look to see what you have already seen and you yourself will begin to imitate what you have absorbed. This is why it's so important for the nation to have an image of a trustworthy father (laughs) because every man needs one, right? We need something, a symbol to reach for and look to and understand that this person is trustworthy even though the world is dangerous. That's what we just lost. All we got is some guy with a barbarian hat on, right? Okay, okay, but um, so Harry Potter particularly then my problem with Harry Potter is, is not the fact that it mentions wizards and witches or has toys with Halloween kind of things, horror movie kind of things. You um, know, I'm, those aren't my cup of tea per se. I never really thought it would be cool to be a witch. I always thought that was kind of a girl thing, actually. Uh, did I mention archetypes being inverted? I think I did. Um, so there's, there's that problem, Okay but the fact is it's basically a junior high novel about kids at school with pretty terrible, like trust relationships with their authority figures. And yet kind of, they like them, but they don't really, bo- it's, it's like the dystopic stuff too. Like all the kid novels right now are about how they can't trust their parents straight up. And, and uh, so do you want your kid just reading that all the time? Now I just bought a bunch of Harry Potter stuff for my kids, by the way, <laughs> for, for Christmas. I got all the books and a couple of picture books. Um, why? Because I don't believe that by hiding it from them, that they're going to get it, not get it. I want to teach them to see it. No. Um, am I going to take them into the, the wiles of D and D I don't have time. And if I did, I would rework it. So it would be more of uh, an ethos of who we are. That's what the game is. It's a bunch of math and some pictures. You can do whatever you want with it. I mean, once you figure that out, uh, and it's, it's really, it's a lot of time. So I don't know. Um, Magic the Gathering as well. Uh, what we've been playing recently is a game called Ascension. Ascension is a, uh, it's a card game like Magic where you build a deck as you play. So it starts with like cards you can buy in the middle, And you build them into your deck and you use them to buy more cards and then kill monsters. And there's all sorts of stuff in there, including imagery. I mean, I've gotten most of the ones with bikinis out, but like there's like imagery of, uh, you know, again, girls being raw, strong, and guys being like, ooh, I'm just a meek little guy. You know, whatever. And then you have like magic, right? So the apprentice is working on a spell and all this other stuff. It's not real. It's like, it's like a drawing, and frankly, I could have the apprentice with his little spell just be a Bible reader learning of the Spirit. You just don't see it. You just imagine it. And that's kind of the thing. So a lot of the stuff, even the pagan stuff, the witches and wizards and all of it, they're dark reflections of the real light. So my, my real answer to your question is, have you read Out of a Silent Planet, Paralandra, and That Hideous Strength? Because if you haven't, that's the approach I think you should take. <laughs> And to believe that that's real, to some extent, not necessarily like Venus and Mars as such, but uh, that the idea of the unseen world and its overlap and interplay with us—that's um, more important. And once you once you're like aware that that's how the fight's happening, you're going to realize what a subterfuge Harry Potter is, as opposed to if you're gonna if you're gonna bash Harry Potter, you better bash Star Wars. You better bash Star Wars if you're gonna bash Harry Potter. Um, you, you should really bash Lord of the Rings. You really should. In um, Tolkien, he's a Catholic. He's a Papist. They worship the Antichrist. What are you talking about? Why would you listen to him, you Baptists? They, he's got crucifixes on his wall. By the way, if, I want to say that before. Like, so if you think that having a crucifix brings demons into your house, like someone told you that, right? This is an earlier question. Someone told you having a crucifix in your house brings demons in your house. So you go to some guy who wears a crucifix and you ask him if it's true. And <laughs> it tells you you don't believe it already, right? Because if, I would just lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> Antichrist for demons around, right? Anyway, uh, you know, Tolkien, for, by all means, is a papist. would have Would have had uh, crucifixes around in his house, and in, in his imagery in his book, though, is intended to capture the spirit of Christianity and infuse it with a, a history, a mythology of of Britannia, which doesn't even exist, right, as a thing. And he has become the greatest empire in the world through stories. Think twice about that one. Um, so the question is less about fantasy magic and more about actual discernment. And what I have found is that the people who are all worried about say magic, the gathering, not as a, um, not as an addictive behavior to trick young children into lifelong gambling, which I don't know, maybe it is that, um, but instead as a sociocultural, uh, Prep planning reality, right? They're not reading <clears throat> textbooks; they're reading magic cards, uh, and these cards are telling them what humans are and what humans are like and what the world is like. And it's not just about like pretend; it, it is about how we view ourselves, what right is, what wrong is, what justice is, what what an injustice is, all that. And um, those are the places I'm I'm a lot more worried, especially as I hear Christians then who can't talk about things the Bible says, or I'll say something the Bible says like the women should keep silent in the churches. And they'll be like, oh, why'd you say that? You know, blah, 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 blah. They'll get all mad about that. But then but then they're going to like guard Harry Potter magic as if that's the thing, right? But you'll believe all sorts of stuff the Bible doesn't say. So until we're back in a place where we have some visible pioneer of christianity that's like we believe what the bible says and we never deny it <laughs> Now it's hard I've just, i mean it's hard to do I mean, until we can can rally around that to 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 go off about against like harry potter first it's late to the party um and second it's just you just don't know how deceived you already are basically there's a lot worse stuff out there that everybody's watching and if you think going to the christian bookstore is safe let me tell you talk about where the demons haunt dear heavens there's so much nasty stuff in there um I'd rather go to a Roman Catholic bookstore because there I can at least get a crucifix. I ain't kidding. Uh, Pastor Fisk, you had a prime says, you touched on divorce in last week's chill, did I? uh oh, it's a hard topic. I'm uh, so I'm wanting your guidance on the issue. I will, I will never. Uh, before I became a believing baptized Christian, I had a failed marriage. Long story short, it ended with my ex-wife committing adultery repeatedly and impenitently. I'm, um, I said, I'm sorry to hear that because I know the pain that must still cause you. Uh, God bless you. Um, ultimately leading to her abandoning the home to live with her boyfriend and so I consented to her demands for a divorce since I was clear the union was broken yeah I think that's about what you have to do uh, financially today you just it's it's again when you're a slave you do what the slave masters tell you to do uh, so it, don't hold this all as if you're a free man really able to make choices in this big financial game casino they got going for us here uh, so you you were forced into this after and take ownership for your own failures wherever they were I don't know what they were but you know no one enters a divorce completely without being a sinner. <laughs> so, uh, she married, and roughly six months later, I met the woman I'm now married to. Well, God bless you then, right? It was, it was a gift in that regard. Uh, the woman I'm now devoted to is a Christian, yay, and it was, I was not at the time as we met. That's great, too. Christ called me to faith while we were together. That's awesome. I got baptized shortly after I got married. Beautiful. I love this woman and see God's hand moving her marriage. Amen. We want to have children together. Amen so you know the answer you just wanted to hear it again right I know divorce is a sin and I have confessed this sin to God so my question is does God bless and recognize this union as a valid marriage my pastor says yes and this comforted me did your pastor take you to I believe it's First Corinthians 6 7 somewhere in there where it talks about if one abandons the spouse you are not retained right? It's like marriage is until death do you part and yet in abandonment you are not enslaved but free uh, and so, yeah, um, uh, to, 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 to my exposition, you, you want to hear? I want to be faithful husband, a father, a penitent Christian. I know this desire doesn't come from me to be a Christian at least, but from God who calls us from spiritual death to life. I come from a cult background, Watchtower.org. Yeah, they are indeed. Uh, so I struggled with neurotic legalism at times. I, I believe it. Uh, Thank you for all you do. Sincerely, it cannot be overstated how much you and Wolf Miller have helped me to grow in my faith over these last couple of years as a baby Christian. So. You're a prime. Uh, Yeah, you already got your answer, right? First off, when you become a Christian, no sin comes with you. You should really just, I mean, you became a Christian. Everything's just different now. Okay? Leave it behind. It's brand new. Now, that doesn't mean you won't sin and still have to deal with your conscience. But the point is, don't waste your time with your conscience on the stuff that was before you were baptized. Like, just don't. Like, what are you doing? Like, why? <laughs> like, like, you're going to have plenty on the inside. Like, don't get me wrong. You got, you got a neurotic uh, compulsion. Uh, you got plenty coming without having to go back before baptism. So, um, and in that regard, to answer the question about divorce more specifically, that's kind of the thing with divorce. Divorce is not supposed to ever happen. Once divorce has happened, we just have to kind of deal with it. And that's going to be different depending on who the situation is and what's going on. But Paul's very clear. Nobody who is a repentant Christian is to be punished later for something they have repented of and been forgiven of. Like, that's just not the way it works. Uh, God has atoned for these things in Jesus Christ. So uh, certainly we live in a frivolous divorce divorce culture. It is It is. Disgusting and sad, the speed with which people are married and divorced, the lack of seriousness with, 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 the, uh, with which they take their marriage and working for their marriage, uh, their, again, greed and gluttony and drunkenness, which leads to uh, some difficulties in the home. Like, all these things are on Christians. <laughs> uh, uh, but Christians who repent are not to be punished because a bunch of Christians who didn't repent won't repent. And the fact is, you've repented. So, what of it? Wake up. You're a new man that's what your baptism means and the fact is like even if you were to be divorced again now let's just not i don't want to run that but what a horrible imagination why imagine it it's not going to happen people who end up in multiple divorces can still learn and one can repent more than once in one's lifetime and probably should expect it get ready for more repentance it tends to be a regular thing Um, so it's not like you can just kind of live free of needing to repent but again no no double jeopardy here, right? You don't, you're not going to get tried twice for this. That's just really silly. Um, and I say that so that you can just dismiss it in your head. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. I am the Ice Witch with her powers that are okay. Except Harry Potter's not. I've heard a lot of people really upset about, about Frozen, so I shouldn't say that. People people get upset about that. But what about Little Mermaid? Little Mermaid's got magic in it. We shouldn't watch Little Mermaid. We shouldn't watch it because it's a bad movie, actually. Ugh. Really, it didn't hold up the test of time. I remember a thing that was so great once upon a time. I missed a couple of questions from the side, so I'm going to go try to find them. we got 20 minutes here. I may take like a, a one-minute break to drink a little water because I have not done so, but I'm going to at least get this red super chat from Riskit, Route 66, uh, uh, saying, you know, there it is, three nine. Thank you so much, Riskit, for throwing that my way. Um, we got five bucks here coming to say, turn off the sound of your PC. The chat noise, oh, that's really amazing raw Knock 924 so that's the ECAM software i'm in right now and it's sending that through to you guys it, i don't think it's done that before it doesn't show how weird is that i wonder oh, oh hold on, hold on. no nope, dry input should be i will do my best to figure that out but sometime between next time i don't know man i don't know um i don't know that's super weird how would that even be here what if I open? I'll, I'll look, I'll look into that. Thank you. You're talking about the, yeah, that's, that's all from you guys. That's super weird. Why would it send that through? Um, all right. Anyway, thanks for the super chest. All the same. we got one from Carl here. Appreciate that very much. Uh, we got one from desert rose again. I think we got that one earlier. So if you have any questions that I, that you put up earlier in the day and I didn't see, and you're still sticking around, throw them down here. I'm going to take about a one minute break. Uh, I don't know if I can fix that problem in that time, but in either case, I shall be right back. Do I have a one-minute break? We'll take a three-minute break. So, Bitcoin is at forty thousand. I said, don't buy in at thirty-two. It's it's such a spike, though. I don't know. I can only give you the same advice. Uh, And again, I'm no I'm no uh, monetary expert. Um, What? Can you hear that too? Look at this. It's even from outside. Why is it not automatically silenced? That drives me crazy. Any case, the white noise, the attack. Bitcoin is continuing to go up, which is really interesting. What it shows you is how nervous everybody is, right? But if you buy in right now and we don't transition to Bitcoin as our primary fiat currency, you're going to probably be losing money. That's why I'm not going to myself. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not buying Bitcoin right now, even though it's way up. Because if this settles at all, it'll come back down. Uh, and where it lands is where you want to buy. If you're going to buy Bitcoin, um, again, I, this is where I will buy. If I can buy Bitcoin instead, where I'm an expert can actually tell you is that this again, from that magic set, like, what is this? Who's this guy? I think he is Jesus. I mean, look at him, look at him and like all the symbols, uh, right. Look at all the symbols floating around. See, that's the point. Uh, magic hides things. Harry Potter is, uh, if it's hiding something it's not the magic okay so the the evil that would be there would not be the magic uh it would be something else and remember that this is a this is a a book series that does have a lot of um savior image biblical christian savior image in it it's it's a redemption story it's about good things as well and so that's also something you have to you have to judge books and ideas by not just the surface of what it what it has right um but in fact what it does say Recognizing that, you know, anything from a Philistine is from a Philistine. Are you you just never going to trade with Philistines? And that's what that in the world, not of the world, I think is really about. Especially now with the redemption of the world in Christ physically, right? So that now uh, we're on the offense, not the defense, when it comes to these things. But neither should we be deceived. And that's, that's part of... Oh, that's my fear, is that we are we are way too easily deceived with these things. We don't see the images that are right in front of our faces. They're often going by very fast. Um, that are changing how we think and how we talk and what we believe. And uh, unless you're going to replace some of that with the real biblical imagery that your, um, your heart needs, uh, it's going to be overwhelmed. And that's, again, the crucifix is a way in every room, if you can, to see your God, right? No, is he actually that piece of wood? I need 17 gods. No, no, I have 17 rooms. You look at the crucifix, if you think that's your God, you're a nut. (laughs) uh, you, You worship he who dwells in the heavens. That's who you worship. So the crucifix just reminds you that he's baptized you and died for you in this physical reality. Uh, That's all it is. It's just a symbol. Um, I know I wanted to say more things. What a week though. It's just overwhelming. And I don't even know where to start on so much of it. Um, It's the same plan I continue to have, which is that either either things are just going to keep getting worse faster, (laughs) uh, or we're going to level out and kind of stall with a plateau. And depending on where you are, there'll be different levels of what that experience feels like because states that resist will will resist. But there's a good chance that because of the power of TV, another 20 years and no one's resistant. That's where if they're if they're really smart up top, they're just going to take what they got and go easy for a while because the game is up if they just let the TV do what it does. The problem is a problem is the golden news. uh, uh, LARP hero uh, has revealed their hand. So you can stop the brain programming experiment. You can do it. Just turn it off. Uh, I, smart note is a good way to do it. Uh, by the way, by the way, let me let me throw this at you too. I don't know how to share this with you. Okay, smart noting. I don't I don't really know how to get you. I'm not going to write a book on it. I just said it's the worst thing I could do with the power is to write a book on smart noting. Um, if you get to a Sons of Solomon muster and you guys want to talk about smart noting, I will absolutely take you through smart note stuff and the smart desk, which is a whole other level. Um, so I'll just leave that out there. Probably not at this next muster, but the next time we have a muster, if it's something you want to know about, let me know. Um, because what is the the power of the smart note, smart desk idea is that rather than let words from the world tell you what to think, notification syndrome, Okay, you have a guarded area that is, like unto a conversation or a journal and yet far more organic than that um, with a certain structure uh, that can help you retain your direction, purpose, resolve, trajectory. Sanity, really. Um, and it, it doesn't have to be the smartest. The point, really, first, what, what gets you to that is you need to say some things out loud on a piece of paper and then see them tomorrow and the next day. Like at least start working on remembering things that matter. Because right now we're in an amnesia experiment, right? They're trying to see how far can we make human beings forget and how fast. And Christians, if you want to hold on to your faith, you gotta hold on to your faith. That's always been the case. It's just this is what religions are always doing. False religions are always doing this. It is now an idolatry of the most electronic kind, you know, a talking head. It doesn't get any more evident, hi hi, I'm your idol. If you're mad at the crucifix, and you're looking at me right now, I got no time for you. I really do. I know you can you think you can split that hair. uh no, you can't it is it is I am talking I'm like this God to you right now. Look how you listen to me. I just keep going. you can't turn it off. It's like the power of my eyeballs hold you tight with their magic this? This, that's the problem. my entire like life, you know this right it's like get you to stop watching. <laughs> <laughs> not by saying something offensive, but by saying something that you have to go look up and you never come back because you looked it up. Now you're going to come back to Mad Christian Discord for sure. But but you might not be on the SM Chill all the time, right? Because why? Because once you start thinking for yourself, you don't need me to tell you what you do. You might still want to hear what I have say, especially if, if this really helps. You know. but, but the point is just that. You don't need me. don't need me. You don't need need anybody. You're 18. You you got a car yet? You're a man. And you're in a barbarian world. So you're either the slave who doesn't know it and lets them push you around or you figure out how to take control of your mind again. I'm telling you, put it on paper, man. (laughs) Do it. You will be surprised what you learn to remember again. And I can't tell you what it is because it's different for all of us. The things I've realized I hadn't thought about or worked through or dealt with, only because I turned off only because I turned off, got a fast, uh, you know, and I'm not saying forever. I'm not saying forever. You know, you might never go back. I might not go back. The point is you just can't let it run you. Uh, anyway, if you're mad about it, it means you're addicted, right? And that's the point. Uh, exactly. That's the point. Oh, uh, let's see. I want to do this still. I want to make sure we get a chance. No, wrong one. Shh, shh, shh. Let's go here. There we go. A little, little, of uh, my book talk them into it. I can't even show you the cover to try to get you to buy it. <laughs> A little, my book talk them into for this morning. This is from page. Oh, where are we now? Page 34. Emotion and reason are lovers. The human breathes for the sake of three things. His heart, his mind, his body. These three cannot be separated. You are all three, and they will not be taken from you except in death. Heart, mind, body. What the mind knows to be true, the heart must feel, whether with ill motive or true. What the heart feels to be true, the body must incorporate, whether for the worse or for the better. That is, you don't have to practice what you preach. You're going you're gonna to practice. You're going to preach what you practice. Yeah, that's what it is. You're going to preach what you practice. So, your body is going to do what you're really doing. So, if you really want to know what's wrong with the world, start looking at your body a little more carefully. Asking some questions about things like testosterone, and nutrition, and and what's been taken from you that used to be eaten <laughs> a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and then and then ask why is that, and what part of this uh, ritual purity religion that is all going on in the world out there? Uh, how is this tied to that? Yeah. Um, is it really, I mean, this false God, it's not going to work. <laughs> uh, so, so what's, what's going on? And certainly there are, you know, antibiotics work, Tylenol works, surgery works. What's going on? It's a real mess, isn't it? It's a complete mix up. We were going along like it was all just modern. And then it suddenly became pagan very, very fast. It was pagan all along. We were just, again, living like practical atheists and thank God he woke us up with the fear of death. Amen. And we gave it back to him. Now we're not afraid. It's a good thing. So, what the body then incorporates, the fear, the fearlessness gradually begins to incorporate you, to give you vigor. Not in every second. I've had some real terrifying moments the last couple of days where I'm just like, like, it's like that moment in the day. It was like everything that you think Jonathan is wrong. You're an idiot. You're going to lead people astray. You're going to ruin their lives and all the world's bad and your fault. It wasn't my only thought though. and the, <laughs> I didn't write that one down. So, you know, I think I think that's a lie, devil. Pretty sure, demon, I will not be tormented by that lie. I mean, it's a bit overblown. So if you want to come with like, think about it again, Jonathan, try not that the world is your fault. Like that one's just too big, right? So point being, your body will begin to incorporate what you breathe into believing. When you speak it, when you say it, when you rhythm your heart through breathing and word speaking of the Psalms, it will begin to become who you are. Now, don't enter the Psalms without Jesus. Each Eat your New Testament. It's good for you. It's some chowder. Mmm. Get that. No, no no wheat in that chowder, though. Just, just, just the fat and the clams. Mmm. Good dairy. Oh, that's tasty. That sounds really good, by the way. Uh, uh, what the body incorporates, the mind must eventually understand then, too. So as your body, say, praise by kneeling, it's going to open understanding to you. Uh, if not today, then at the judgment. So remember that too, that your body is in a process of learning to believe. You are not different than your body. Your heart is not different than your body. Your mind is not different than your body. All these things are one, and you are a being in the process of learning to trust. And so trust will let neither feeling nor reason nor their conflicting results in your life tell you that you are, that what you are, is something other than what God has surely said of you. Yeah? So as your heart, your mind, your body find themselves in a bit of a... Cavaclade kind of, of nonsense most of the time right uh trust in jesus doesn't rely on your feelings or your reason it relies that what god has surely said so your heart your mind and body join on the act of believing it's one act it's not just your heart that believes it's not just your mind that believes and your body believes you are your body you're nuts if you think you don't you're some radical gnostic weirdo don't do that your body believes because as you trust Heart, mind and body join in the act of believing which is itself a passive response. Don't miss this. A passive response the Holy Spirit creates every time he speaks he is risen. So that belief, that trust that your body and acts, mind and spirit heart together is something that happens when the Holy Spirit breathes it into you by telling you Jesus is risen from the dead and that you as a passive response become activated. <laughs> On button. Yeah. He is risen. He is risen. And that leads us to Converse is to Mutually Capture, which will be the next chapter in the work that we may or may not get to. Not not this week, for sure. Um, I One of these days, one of these days, I'll learn these buttons. Did anybody throw me anything down there with a question mark on the bottoms? I'm not seeing that as much, so, so you guys are all checking out. It looks like from there on the bottom, I got at least five more minutes to give you if you want it, but I need something with a question mark. Here we go. I can't read that one though. Mm -mm -mm. Scroll and scroll and scroll. Yes. Oh man, there's so many parts of like, I'm not going to scroll. You guys can throw something on the bottom. I'm going to go back into this thought here. Like, I don't have it written out in front of me, so I can't say it as well as I want to. I've said it several times during the show in one way or the other and the way I have it written out that I'm reading again and again every day is is super valuable to me. And I don't remember where I picked it up. I think it might've been from Nassim Tlaib in, in Skin in the Game, but it might not be. I'm not sure. But it it uh, it's just a little quote, right? And it really doesn't matter who said it. Um, But it said, do not listen to words from men whom you cannot hold accountable. The more I've just thought about that and let it sit there as like a bookmark on my desk. Oh, man, the more clear stuff gets... That's so all I got. You know, you write it down. Do not listen to words from men whom you cannot hold accountable. All you're doing is letting their madness bother you. You Can't do nothing about it. Which is why I put together Mad Mondays, by the way. It's really hard to check out of the Matrix. I get it. So, Mad Mondays is put together not just by me, but by a team of, well, uh, what, rats? Uh... Pygmies, um uh d- d- house elves, that's what I was really looking for. I did not just call them rats, that's terrible, ladies. It was a day of masculine metaphor, and I couldn't say mice i don't I just didn't come out, but anyway, mad mondays every Monday we'll get an email in your inbox that'll like scope the world for anything too crazy so that you can kind of go zzzz. okay, so I'm just gonna go back to like building stuff um and but we'll we'll dig for you. We have a group of people who aren't going to check it entirely. The hive mind will clump it together. I'll be a little bit of the Christian on the front, says, "Hey, just don't forget Jesus is alive, and you can scope through it real fast, right? It's a newspaper for a Christian in the modern age post modern post even using the word modern the barbaric age, yeah, yeah, newspaper ha can we get that, ladies? Your source of truth and integrity in a barbaric age yes. ah so med christian mondays will will help you with that, but for yourself then whatever you would click on there, why are you going to listen to me? You know, um, making sure that you have a serious portcullis on the inputs in your world for like two weeks now, right? Just, just, just do two weeks right now. Let them figure it out. You can't do nothing about it. And if we're all going to starve, you're going to hear about it. You're going to hear about it. No, you don't have to go. Lo- you're going to hear about it. someone's going to call you. It'll happen. Okay. So, Take this opportunity right now. The myth is as dead as it's ever going to be. They're going to try to revive it again a whole bunch of times. But if you're a Christian, you understand what I'm talking about. You know, it's a myth. You, you can, you can, you can bow. You can walk through the halls and the courts of, of Nebuchadnezzar with Daniel. You got no problem with that, but you're never going to pretend it's your God. Yeah. You're never going to pretend it really knows what it's doing. It's the, it's the beast. Daniel had the vision. He knew it was a beast, right? Okay. So it's a beast. We should have known this all along. Now it's really clear. Now it's really clear. Um, no reason to start listening to them more every reason to believe that their narrative will only confirm those who cannot be broken out of it and like the watchtower Org, we were just talking about a moment ago you talk about hard to break that nut once you've given up the ghost to a machine that tells you how to think by convincing you to take foods and chemicals that make you tired to wear your body out with a pace no human being can maintain. And you're just so exhausted. All I want to do is sit down and veg out, plug in, download, worship. That's the rough part right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to see you next week or are you gone for good? I don't think so, but don't worship me, I'll tell you that. And I should say this at the end here. I mean, last night, there was a grand amount of deplatforming going on. I should have opened with this, really. I, I was going to open that before my, my stumble. Um, de-platforming going on. Uh, big peoples. Not me. I'm smart. Uh, but big peoples like Molly Hemingway uh, getting followers on Twitter and other places really detracted or, or squished down. Parler, this app that's been trying to be like a, an alt Twitter... <laughs> wrong fight guys um but anyway it you know it, it's not on the app store from apple because it allows free speech and you know that's the point that these guys are not for free speech and that's where you should stop listening to what they say because they don't listen to what you say uh they don't hear you anyway i said all that today oh, i rapped look at that <laughs> uh but um deplatforming. If you do want to know where my stuff will be after this, of course, you know I'm in Rockford, Illinois. It's not that hard to find me now. Uh, And uh, you're welcome to move here and help us fight back against the white noise if you like. I need good Christian men in this congregation. Uh, Families. uh, By all means. We got got a lot to do. But If you would like to just kind of stay in touch with whatever else is going on in the event that YouTube does deplatform a lot more stuff, I don't don't think I'm really in a threat right now. Uh, Mad Mondays remains the best way to do that. And again, I've mentioned it. Go to RevFist.com slash newsletter and you can get it there. You also get a free copy of my book that I just read part of for you as a digital version when you go there. Mad Christian Discord, I mentioned that as well. I still don't know how to get there. That's the point. It's like, this is a just dystopic horror, cosmic live action role playing reality in which I am your wizard. Okay. And so if you want my information, don't tell me I have to give it. You got to find me. Okay. But I'm going to help you put the pieces together. And that happens in a place called dystopic cosmic horror on the elusive man's man Christian discord. And you can find it if you, I mean, if you really think the truth is out there, I don't know what's stopping you. Cuddy is it Cuddy? I didn't even watch those shows. I think it's Cuddy. Um, mm, 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 mm. in the Mad Christian Discord, the Elusive Channel is a place where I'm trying to give you snippets of the actual Smart Note idea. By the way, it's I targeted on that or tangent on that one before. Um, so you can kind of follow along the process of development if you really want to see. Is but it's the Elusive Channel is going to be not just Smart Noting. If you would like to see what I'm really doing, what I'm really thinking, I'm hiding nothing. Mm, it's not quite fair i'm hiding almost nothing uh and i'm putting it out there on the elusive channels and it it is not everyone's cup of tea because we're diving from say like hebrew uh, to like cosmology to smart desk and how this idea works as a mathematical non-artificial intelligence of your own making right um so that that's all there in the elusive channel not necessarily like it's all going to make sense but I think if you follow it, it will. I think over time, I'm going to leave you the right breadcrumbs to have you figure out what's going on and, and be led, again, in a a real-life video game, if you like. Uh, so that's what that is. Uh, what else have I not tried to sell you today? Have you seen these books? They're good books. I was thinking about this. Like, like the best thing I could do is get killed in some, like, horrible way, like, like Bonheffer did. But we're not bad enough yet for that. But That'd be the best way to get these actually get read. I know some of you have read them, but like, really, really wish they didn't make a dent. All that work, this one's good. That's the one, don't burn that one. This one's good, too. Yeah, this is all right. This is all right. Um, these two are real work, uh, but they're just, they're just stuck. I want, I want, I want the world to know about how clear dogma is. Look at, like, we have the entire Bible in like picture format in like 30 30 pictures. There's a little more than that, but like like, oh man, what a gift, right? And it's just. How do we now, all the more in this white nose, what we should realize now is how no one's hurt us before. And we all kind of knew it. And we thought we'd have a chance if we just tried harder. we got to realize now is no one's hurt us. And so who can hear you? Not someone far away. Not someone far away. I, the goal is not to grow this stuff as big as we can get it. I mean, we, obviously, if it grows, it grows. It's great. But the goal for me, the goal is to grow my local community as people who know each other, who know me. And that's hard for me because I'm an introvert. I don't like going out. <laughs> I, I run from people. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a coward. Uh, uh, no more, no more, uh, and that's what we got to do, right? I said it. The only thing I really want you to get today, guys, our fathers gave up male sovereignty. Take it back. Take it back. Biblically, Ephesians five. Go there. Start and just own it in your own heart. Don't let them lie to you about being a son of man. Now, the sons of God we're all going to be revealed, but not all of us are sons of men. <laughs> uh, and that that is a foolhardy thing to try to live a Christian life without remembering. Uh, foolhardy as we're watching play out in front of us right now all right uh can i give you something a little bit more exciting how's this Hmm, what's our time yeah yeah look what do i do what do i do when i am most (sighs) broken i lift up my eyes to the foothills of zion from whence my salvation hastens my help that comes from jesus christ maker of heaven and earth, who neither slumbers nor sleeps as he watches over us. Like a shepherd, watching over his flock, so Jesus Christ watches over his people. Closer at hand than the shadows that we cast and the blood that runs in our veins, the trail of our steps are all at his direction. Yes, Jesus Christ directs your feet, both venture and retreat from this time forth and even forevermore. For Jesus Christ is your refuge and your fortress Your God, in whom you trust, he shall deliver you from the snare. He shall hide you from the deadly pestilence. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. One thousand may fall at your right hand, ten thousand at your right side, but you shall not be moved. You shall only look with your own eyes upon the recompense of the wicked while no plague comes near your tent. You shall tread upon the lion and trample the serpent underfoot because Jesus Christ will answer you. When you cry to him, Jesus Christ is your shepherd. You shall not want. He makes you to lie down in green pastures. He leads you beside fresh waters. He has redeemed your breath so that, yea, though you wander through this valley of the shadow of death, you have nothing to fear. Because he is with you. And his rod and his staff, they have become a comfort to you because you can see how He prepares before you in the presence of your enemies a table on which your cup, Christ's cup, runneth over. So that it remains a certainty, goodness, and mercy, steadfast loving kindness and faithfulness, Tov is going to follow you all the days of your life, simply because you dwell in the body of Joshua Christus, Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ, age unto age, and unto an, forever and ever. Amen. My name is Jonathan Connor. I'm here to rescue you. He is risen. You are paid for. He won't be long now. And you are immortal anyway. Ha! So, why would you wallow among the muck with those who have no hope when you could lift up your head all the more as you see the day approaching? Find me on Patreon if you don't mind. Rock on. was that worth a dollar click the patreon link in the show notes to sign up pretty please